you hear that? Put your ear to your stock, and I think y'all y'all left you a little booth and crema gift. Okay, okay. I don't know about y'all, but I'm finna turn up for Christmas. Oh, cold. We are off. We are Boothin. This is Boothin, the uh, world's only freestyle storytelling podcast in which your host, me, aka Y'all Y'all, aka M-E, aka Y-A-L-L-Y-A-L-L, no punctuation, don't put any disrespect on my nomenclature like that, please, sir. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about the week and, uh, you know, I'll ruminate on what's been going on. I'll kind of masticate my experiences from uh, my life up until now from this past week. And then uh, kind of like a mama calf to the eardrum, I will, uh, you know, get you a little cud to kind of spit it up for you and try to make it, you know, palatable. And uh, after that experience is a cutified uh, kid cuddied out for you then i'll go through it with a fine-tooth comb as i'm editing the pod i'll create some note cards and then i will subsequently freestyle uh about whatever it is that's talked about so uh, if you enjoy what you hear uh first of all thanks to chico beach for the intro music and thank you to you for uh subscribing rating uh reviewing if you enjoy this and the most effective marketing uh among you know, the crew for now seems to be sharing the episodes through Instagram from Spotify because there is an immediate click through. If you haven't surmised by now, this is the Christmas episode and I'm calling it a Christmas episode because I'll be honest, you know, uh, I don't know anything about any other holidays that uh, a little VHS tape of the, the Rugrats uh, Chris Mahana Kwanzaa special didn't teach me. And you know, spoiler alert, as someone who came up in uh, Christian school and later public school, you can only assume that my knowledge of otherworldly Empyrean celebrations is, you know, pretty limited. So bear with me because it's. When I say the scope of this is narrow, I mean the scope is Christmas. And let's be honest, Christmas is anything but narrow. Uh, as I get older, as I get to know more people, I kind of realize that one of the coolest things about the holidays is that everybody does things a little different. And I've really had time uh, since I got home for this visit just to think uh, where, you know, what will my traditions be? And I feel like, and I think I heard, I'm trying to remember who I heard talking about this on a podcast, uh, but they were basically saying, you know, you don't get to start traditions until you have a family, meaning 
traditional sense, you know, a spouse or partner, children. And I don't know if I'll ever, you know, have my own traditions. And even if I wanted to change things up, which I love how they are now, I love going to my parents. Uh, I love being asked when I'm going <laughs> to hook my mom up with some grandkids. Um, <clears throat> but no, I, I do genuinely enjoy uh, coming home. But, you know, I wouldn't even know what to do with myself if it was time to plan for the holidays. I've never cooked for a, a family. Uh, my uh, my mom was like, maybe next year we should have the kids cook for Thanksgiving. And even though I have been cooking more in the past year than ever before in my life, my brain just went straight to, like, catering. I was just envisioning, you know, caterers coming setting up carafts uh stirring stirring uh little salisbury strick so don't get too gelatinous on the top and uh that's really ruining the goodies because if you if you've never eaten a, a gelatinous film from the top of a cafeteria meat i mean you might have good cholesterol to this day but yeah, I just, I don't know, just like, what what am I going to do one day? And I've had this weird, you know, um, my my friends and I, we're getting older. I mean, everyone's getting older. It's just my friends and I. Everyone else is in a, a time vacuum in which they're actually uh, slowly de-aging. But just my friends and I, we have this curse where we're all aging, right? What gives? Um, But, you know, it just makes you think about the mortality of your family, of yourself. I, I found myself stressing out this week over what is going to happen when my my parents die. Like, what's going to happen with their house? What's going to happen with all their stuff? I was thinking, I'm not going to be able to fit this in where, where I live now. I, and I can be so short-sighted like that sometimes, you know? I mean, granted, life isn't promised to anyone, you know, this is uh, this shared experience is special. There's nothing promised to anyone, but I have this way of working myself up. It's like when you're driving, you know, there's fog, typical of southeastern North Carolina, where most of the listenership here is maybe typical of anywhere. I, As you can tell, I. Don't get let out of my cage very much. And, <clears throat> you know, it's like you're trying to see. So you turn, if you're, if you're newer to navigating the uh, misty, murky visual waters on which we all surf, you turn them brights on when you're younger. And it makes things worse because all you can see is the immediate fog in front of you. And, you know, I feel like sometimes my own headspace it can be a fog and sometimes I'm scrambling, you know, it's like if you fall when you're a kid and you die, you know, you go off a diving board into the deep end and I've always been, <clears throat> well, always I've been capable of getting to the edge of the pool, but still that moment, like when you're in a nine foot pool, if you somehow like touch bottom and all you'd have to do is just hold your breath a little bit. But I think everybody's had that experience where, they just like panic, you know, and that panic might, you might take a breath of water. You might get a mouthful of 
chlorinated goodies. You know that <clears throat> that Bud Light Light Pool Edition or Bud Platinum, as some call it. And I don't know. I just got it in my own head. It's kind of it's a weird thing. Um, but coming back home, it's kind of centered me. I actually talked to my parents about it a little bit, which I know is, I don't know. Some people might find that weird. Uh, but my parents are cool. If I, you know, nobody has a perfect family, but if anything, I'm not afraid to, uh, talk about my concerns with my mom or my dad. They've always been very present in my life. And for that, I'm very thankful. And I think they did the best they could with, you know, what they had and what they knew from their parents. And I don't know, you know, I'm just around, there's like 21 people in my house today or in my parents' house. And, uh, I mean, it's a beautiful thing. Family, everybody kind of raises their kids differently. There's no uniform way to do it. Uh, I, you know, it's easy to be critical on the outside. I do think there is a wrong way to do some things. I mean, I'm not a proponent of, uh, whooping your kids. I think there's a lot of research that shows that it just fosters aggression from some sort of unidentified unknown source later on in life. Uh, there's a lot of interest in psychological research, but I mean, in terms of your style, it's like fashion, you know, raising kids like fashion. Everybody got a little different swag. You know, some people are raising them Ed Hardy babies, flashy, blockheaded, flat tops, watching foosball, you know, <clears throat> some people got, you know, those Armani babies, smooth, silky, too cool for school. You know, you might knock a pair of shades off their head and they're wearing one right underneath it. You might never be able to look them square in the eye because they're already, you know, staring so far to the left, seeing the next thing coming. Well, you're distracted by their fit. They're already planning two fits out. You might, you know, you might have a moo-moo baby. Practical, you know. Kid is just simple and not in a bad way. I mean, I'm jealous of... Actually, I may, I, maybe I'm the simple one, you know? <clears throat> Anyways, oh, what was I even talking about? Oh, fashion baby. You might have a moo-moo baby, just straight to the point. Some people, you know, you might just be a nudist. There's no allusion to your personality, brash, to the point, in your face causing people to have an aversion to your presence because they don't want to be around your cheeks. You might have, you know, you might have a Carhartt baby. That baby came out the womb and uh, it was wrangling, wrangling an elk, you know, little, little Rogan baby. You might have, I mean, you might have ironic nineties wear baby. This baby just too cool for school. I'm trying to make that little baby watch Paw Patrol. And he's he's listening to an eight-track of Sesame Street songs. We're talking pre-HBO buyout, baby. And then once you start to hook him up with Sesame Street, he's, you know, he's watching a VHS of Barney, but not OG Barney. It's Barney and Friends, where like Baby Bob had her little crew with her. And then you try to adapt. And, you know, baby's thugging it out, listening to a burn cdr of wiggles 
deep cuts. We're talking like pre-American crossover, Aussie, you know, Dingo ate my baby style stuff. I mean, you might have an ironically dressed baby. You might have just glitz and glamour. Somebody who's just the creme de la creme. We're talking, you know, Lady Gaga meat suit baby. You might have a, a real chill kid. You know, your parenting style might be real laid back. We're talking sweatpants, baby. And, uh, you know, I'm really showcasing my limited range of fashion. I'm a, I, I can't even think of a funny word to say non-fashionista. I'm a bum. <laughs> oh, there's a poppin' B, a boppin' B. But, yeah. I don't know. It just makes you think about family. And like, I, you know, I was talking to someone and they were like, would you even want one? Cause I'm, I mean, I'm a, I'm a rolling stone, baby. I'm a, actually, I'm really not. I'm, I'm a, I'm a big rock that sits, you know, I'm a boulder, immovable forces in nature may weather me down, but I'll be here long after you, baby. But, you know, there's upsides and downsides to being a boulder. Because I sure ain't rolling around town much. But I'm practical, you know. I make a good seat. I'm a chill hang. When the sun's out, you know, I like to absorb that warmth from the galaxy and reflect it back on you. Retain a little bit. You know, you might come kick it with me on a cold day and I still got a little bit of that, you know, that solar... Solar flare, la flare, might be what they call me. Ain't a bad thing, but I, you know, and I don't even know what I want sometimes. And I don't, you know, and I don't even know what I'm talking about it here. I guess I don't know. Anyways, it's Christmas. Uh, hope hope you're having a good one. I've uh, <clears throat> it's Christmas Eve as I'm recording this. Went and saw the new Star Wars with uh <clears throat> my dad and i guess he's my cousin by marriage <sighs> getting a little sip of some tea here that tea sippa sippa and uh my good buddy jd who if if i ever make a final decision about whether or not i'm gonna have guests um he'll definitely be you know he's him and shame of gold uh you'll hear some of his music maybe next week or the week after <clears throat> they're definitely on the short list and my buddy bobby uh babu ukulele bob but you know i don't even know if i want guests on this thing i'm uh it's weird i uh i've tried uh with two different people to kind of record a conversation and it's kind of like that uh that uh physics well why can't i think of what the term is quantum physics thing where the uh particle behaves differently when it's being observed we we you know behave differently if somebody gets a camera on them uh not even just how you're talking but if somebody's gonna take a picture of you you're gonna smile different you know people might posture differently i, I might suck my gut in and uh and you know lug one thigh in front of the other and just pray that you got bad vision you're like dang Y'all, y'all lost a couple pounds holding it down. And if you're recording, I mean, things are just different. Um, This is episode eight, and I still don't fully sound like 
me. Like I'm not where I want to be, you know, but uh, even if you compare this to Ep one, I think, you know, I'm getting a little more comfy, but it's just, it's just, it gets different. And this isn't really a, I don't know. I, I want to like interview some people and stuff down the line, but I, I want to get good at this for you as good as I possibly can. And, uh, and I think, you know, I'm just really looking forward to this next year. So star Wars, <sighs> where do I start? I know people who are vehemently, violently opposed to the Disney ownership of star Wars. And I mean, I get it, you know, it's, uh, it's hard to see something you love get away from you, right? Uh, but kind of like how your first romance is probably not your last. And if you look back at how you acted in that situation, you know, back whenever that was, and cringe a little, uh, you know, don't, don't let nostalgia get the better of you. Uh, you know, people will think that Disney has sabotaged uh, the the artistic integrity of the Star Wars universe. And I hate to break it to you, but it's a kid's movie. It's a, it's a movie made for children. The same people who were very mad about the prequels uh, were children when the OG trilogy came out. The same people griping about this new trilogy uh we're probably you know children when the prequels came out i hear a lot of murmuring the internet you know it's is a uh it's a harsh mistress a lot of people complaining about uh, the, the social just the sjw agenda getting the better of the star wars universe just because they're mad because because the the main jedi don't got a, a dingle dongle bro get real it's a ma- it's a kid's movie Oh man, I you know, I don't. And this comes from a, a guy who loved Star Wars. When I was a kid, Star Wars figurines were my jam. That was like what I'd want for Christmas. Uh, I remember. I mean, I was a diehard uh, prequel trilogy fan to the point where I I think I was nine when the first one came out. Uh, that that Fanny Manny, and um, I remember. I unabashedly adored Epdos, you know, uh, Attack of the Blown Boars. And then I was pretty aware of the criticisms of the trilogy. I was, I've always been a message board guy uh, by the time, you know, Pretend of the Sith came out. But I mean, it's always been kids' movies. It, people are acting like the artistic, you know, vision of Lucas has been ruined by disney i hate to say it but i mean jj abrams rian johnson much better directors than uh george lucas ever was lucas didn't direct the og trilogy from my memory i might have directed a new hope i'd have to fact check myself on that but i mean from my understanding his his uh wife like saved those movies with their editing abilities and Lucas did, I believe, direct the prequel trilogy, which, again, it, you know, if you want to go straight to the source, 
you know, it's like these fanboys are a fan of like processed filtered water. Uh, and if, you know, they're complaining about how Star Wars has been defaced, but if they were really getting it from the source, from, from that Lucas hitter, I'd be like, you know, just putting your mouth to the cow's tit and just, you know, getting you a glug of some, some utter gutter drainage there instead of letting it go through the filtration process that a good director, a good writer, a good producer, uh, you know, a good visual effects team can add to kind of make an experience uh, more polished. I mean, it's always been kids movies. Why, why are people so mad? I don't know, dude. Disney has so many resources. I mean, the Mandalorian is off the, off the chain. And, uh, I mean, JJ Abrams is insanely talented. He, he single-handedly pumped blood into star Wars, star Trek. I mean, his TV show lost is one of the best shows I've ever seen. Uh, bad robot makes some of the, the coolest, uh, you know, movies, but I just don't get it. I, and you know, and it's kind of this thing where people get into like a critical pissing contest. It's kind of like what you see going on with the, the critics and cats. I'm sure cats is, you know, an abomination. Uh, behold, I'm sure if somebody in medieval times saw it, they'd be convinced this was some sort of uh, satanic fever dream. And they might even just gore out their own eyes after seeing uh, <clears throat> James Corden uh, karaoke car his way onto the, the silver screen or whatever color screen. I, I think silver's television, but I mean, you know, it's this thing where it's like, we know it's bad. We saw the previews. We know it was going to be bad. I mean, nobody, uh, I don't know anybody who actually likes cats to begin with, you know, it, cats is like straight up cats is, is just mid level musical. And, uh, but you know, now it becomes this thing where it's like, who can write the most scathing review, the most creatively, uh, <clears throat> critical and, uh, boldly, uh, blistering account of the, the two hours lost to this film. And I, I was reading one review. It was like, cats is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs. <laughs> Cats is the worst thing to happen to cats since dogs. I'm like, dude, somebody got paid to write that. Man, I have made more uh, cohesive collections of vowels and syllables by my butt cheeks clapping together uh, after a cacophonous bean-based meal. Dude, these critics, I mean, come on. Dude, spoiler alert, but Lucas didn't even know where these things were going. He had one of those like far out. Ideas. What if I make the fourth movie first, dude? You're doomed. The whole thing was doomed from the start. Fourth movie first. Uh, man. And I'm a fan. Okay. Don't get it. Don't get the logistics lopsided. I'm I'm with it. But, dude, you know what you're getting into <laughs> with these movies. And, and the, the funniest thing about it 
is if you look into like the critical uh, appreciation of Lucas, I mean, it's never been his directing. You know, it's, it's his visual effects, his partnerships with Spielberg, his production, uh, his merchandising savvy, his... I mean, he's an amazing businessman, but it's not like he's the man with the vision. He just, it, he got, lo- I, I don't know, dude. His most critically enjoyed movie is American Graffiti. Have you ever seen this movie? All right, here's how it goes. Uh, it's a bunch of dudes and ladies, teens, rolling around town in cars and literally just hollering at each other out the windows and chatting at stoplights. That's the plot. And it's one of it. I mean, talk about a member berry of a movie. It sounds unbearable. This was pre cell phone. You literally, if you wanted to talk to your friend, you had to drive around the block side by side at a, uh, you know, <clears throat> a similar pace and crank your windows down and yelled at each other. Dude, just write me a letter. Just don't talk to me at all at that pace. I mean, the, uh, I don't don't let that that sepia nostalgia filter on the mind fool you. It was never that good to begin with, and that's my Christmas present to myself is just admitting they're kids' movies. I liked them as a kid. I like them as an adult under the acknowledgement that there's nothing special about Star Wars outside of the visual effects. There's, you know, it, it looked amazing. The movie looked great. I mean, it's cool, but there's nothing special about it. It is, you know, it's straight up McDonald's level entertainment, meaning it served the mass as well. But once you, you know, know what the deal with a, a good steak is, you, you, it's incomparable. And then when, you know, your new standard is raised from, uh, you know, like when McDonald's is that fire food when you're, you know, younger and broke and then you get a better job and you grow up and you can have a T-bone. When you want, you know, a bomb food, uh, you're not going to get the same effect from like the first time you had a Big Mac. Dude, you're going to have to step it up, get some, you know, some aged beef or whatever. Get some of those ancient eggs I've seen on YouTube. Got to take it to new extremes. So you just can't compare it. And, uh... I mean, in the words of Forrest Gump, that's all I have to say about that. So thank you for tuning in to Boothin. I'm about to queue up an instrumental. I just have made my note cards, did a little bit of light editing. Uh, but I guess I thought this was a Christmas episode, but it really just turned out into a uh, Star Wars episode. But hey, ain't life like that sometimes. So, you know, kick back a little bit of... A little bit of eggnog and uh, let's get to boothing. Shout outs to the mayor of Earth for the instrumental. We are boothing off the top freestyle. Uh, they ain't all gonna be winners. I have to tell myself that my lunch gonna transfer to my dinner. I'm feeling like Master Splinter.
Booth in episode quad zip eight, creatively critical and boldly blistering. Thank you to the mayor of Earth for the freestyle instrumental. Thank you to DeChico Beats for the uh, Christmas jangle you heard at the top of the show. And thank you to Whiskey for the outro music that you just heard fade in there. Uh, and Whiskey, a uh, very dear friend of mine, he has a beat tape he just dropped. So if you want some uh, some Christmas goodies or some New Year's bangers or just a little present for yourself, when, you know, whenever you're listening to this, check out the show notes uh, for a link to his band camp. And if you enjoy anyone's music that's been featured in this episode, you can find them in the show notes. Um, thank you to RJ Hauser for the artwork. Thank you to you for tuning in. Uh, if you enjoy what you heard, smash, subscribe, follow on Spotify, share it on IG, uh, or just keep being you and listening at your own leisure and uh, let other people dig this up on their own. So, hey, you know, till next Wednesday, we are boothing.